Everybody, glad you're here. I thank God for you. Uh, I love you. Those joining us online, we are so grateful uh, that you're with us and we love you. If you're with us for the very first time, man, we're delighted uh, that God has brought you. So I just want uh, everyone to know where you are. You are here. So where is here? Right here, right now, where you sit in this room, you are at the very center I mean, within a 10-mile radius, you're in the very center of a whole lot of something. Actually, a whole lot of some ones. 90,000 people live within a 10-mile radius of this room. That's 90,000 people with hurts and heartaches looking for healing. 90,000 people with serious struggles hoping for more strength. 90,000 people with fears and worries and anxieties just crying out for some sense of peace and relief. But of those 90,000, within a 10-mile radius of this room, 60,000, 60,000 are far from Jesus. And this is super troubling to me because I, I believe in hell. I believe in hell because Jesus believed in hell. Did you know that Jesus taught more about hell than he did about heaven? Lesson after lesson after lesson. Jesus taught that hell was real, that hell is unspeakably horrible and horrifying, and that hell is forever. Did you know that Jesus taught in more graphic detail on hell than he did on heaven? Why would he do that? Do you know the three metaphors that Jesus commonly used to describe hell? I'm just going to give you three that pop up through the book of Matthew. Just this one book, first book in the New Testament. Here's the first, darkness, outer darkness. Hell is like solitary confinement forever. Those who have no relationship with Jesus will be thrown into the outer Darkness. Now, the 60,000 that live within a 10-mile radius here that are far from Jesus, they probably have heard of Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. They likely know about Jesus. They just have no real relationship with Jesus. Maybe they've read about Jesus, but they are not in a saved position with Jesus. And their destiny is to be thrown into the outer darkness. I've had people through the years say to me, well, hey, I would rather uh, go to hell with my drinking buddies and party with them for eternity than go to heaven with a bunch of boring Christians. And I say, well, you may hear your drinking buddies in hell, but you won't see them because hell is absolute darkness. Can't see your hand in front of your face. It's like solitary confinement. God is light. God is absent from hell. So there is no light. There's only darkness in hell. God is all relationship. God is absent from hell, so there's no relationship in hell. It's like solitary confinement in the dark forever. Then a little later, later in Matthew, uh, Jesus says this, um, that in that place, hell, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This phrase is meant to convey just heartbreaking, unbearable regret and despair. What are we despairing? This is not like hitting your thumb, bam, with a hammer and going, oh man, I wish I hadn't done that. No, this is your heart getting hammered forever with regret. You just cry out in despair forever. Oh God, I wish I hadn't. 
Oh, God, I wish I had accepted Jesus. Oh, God, I wish I hadn't let my life go down that path. Oh, God, I wish I had lined my life up with Jesus forever and ever and ever. Regret, 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 regret. That's hell. Then probably the most famous metaphor Jesus used in his graphic depiction of hell is is fire, that it will be the place for the eternal, where there's eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. So, Jesus taught this absolute darkness, solitary confinement forever, just hellish regret and despair forever, fire forever. Why? Why would Jesus go to such lengths? Why teach more about hell than heaven? Why be so graphic about hell and a little vague about heaven? Jesus devoted his entire life Jesus devoted every waking moment to help people, to prevent people from choosing to go to hell. You see, God does not send anyone to hell. God sends no one to hell. People go to hell on their own choosing because they chose to do this life. Without Jesus, they will do eternity in Christless horror. So, This is pretty personal for us. That's 60,000 people within a 10-mile radius of this place who are far from Jesus. Some of them are our friends. Some of them are our family, our coworkers, our neighbors, kids that go to school with us. So what can we do? I mean, people facing a Christless, dark, hellish eternity unless somebody does something. So what can we do? Well, friends, we can, we can make it hard to go to hell for our family, our neighbors, our coworkers, our friends. We can make it hard to go to hell by praying for them. That's what Paul writes. I mean, he's closing out um, his letter to the church in Colossae. We've been in this letter for the last, this is like week nine. He's almost done, but he's not gonna lift the stylus from the, 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 the piece of paper. I don't know what they wrote on, I forget. Parchment. He's not gonna lift the stylus from the parchment until he has said to them, pray for people who are far from Christ. Pray for your friends. Pray for your neighbors. Pray for your family members. Pray for your coworkers that are far from Christ. Pray for them. He said it this way. Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. He, he, he's, he's closing out the letter, but he's making it so simple. Don't let a day go by without praying for your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, your family members that are far from Jesus. Set aside some time every day. Pray for them in the car. Pray for them while you go on a walk. Sit down with your Bible and open it and pray. Pray for them. He says, use great discipline. Devote, devote yourself to prayer. So you pray every day, but you also use an alert mind, great concentration, great focus. When you pray, you have a great focus on the people you love who are far from Jesus. In fact, you can focus on them to the exclusion of yourself. Because if you're praying for the people you love who are far from God, God's going to take care of you. He's going to take care of your health issues. He's going to take care of your financial issues. He's going to take care of your emotional issues. He's going to meet all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus so that you can put all your alert mind focused 
on those in your life who are far from Jesus. And he says, do it with gratitude. You, you thank God that you know Jesus. You thank God that your sins are forgiven. You thank God that you've got his super abundant life right now. You got super abundant peace and super, you got access to super abundant hope, super abundant joy, super abundant life. And then you're just gonna go on forever and ever and ever in heaven. You know what heaven is? Heaven is getting to do what you love best with those you love most, all in the presence of Jesus. I'm an old guy. One day my eyes are gonna close in death and when they do, they will instantaneously open in the presence of Jesus. My dad will be 95 this month. He has an advanced prostate cancer. One day my dad's eyes are gonna close in death and when they do, they're gonna open in the presence of Jesus. And me and my dad, if he goes first, if I go first, my, both, all my grandparents are in heaven. Debbie's mom and dad are in heaven. Man, I get to do with those guys what I love best all in the presence of Jesus, forever. And maybe part of that's gonna be worship, like holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Sorry, I was just practicing. Yeah, praise the Lord. And so we just, we just thank God. We thank God for the friends, the family, the neighbors, the coworkers that he's placed in our life. The other kids that go to school, we thank God for them. We thank God that he's given us his spirit. We thank God what Jake said, that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is at work in us. We thank God that he is ever at work to our good. We thank God that he is able to do measurably, abundantly, exceedingly more than all we can ask or even imagine according to his power that's at work within us. We'll never get to the end of thanking God. Devoted in prayer. Don't let a day go by. Intense focus on those we love with a grateful heart. So we can make it hard to go to hell for our friends and family by praying for them. And secondly, we can make it hard to go to hell for our friends and family by praying for opportunities, by taking advantage of opportunities, by praying for opportunities to share Jesus with those we love. I mentioned the 90,000 that live within a 10-mile radius of this church. That's our demographics. And we know from statistics that 60,000 folks uh, that live around us, of those 90,000, are people far from God. God isn't even on their radar. Maybe they know about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. But 48,000, 48,000 of the 60,000 say they would come to church if someone would just ask them. Isn't that wild? 48,000 people, some of whom are our friends, our family, our neighbors, our coworkers, fellow students at school, 48,000 people within a 10 month, 48,000 people around this church who say they would come if somebody would just ask them. And so here's what the apostle Paul writes. He writes, pray. Pray that the Lord will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan Concerning Christ. So first, the word pray. Talk to God before you talk to your friends. Talk to God, talk to, pray for receptivity. Pray for a response. Pray that, that, that God will show you ways to, to, to be kind and to show compassion. But pray for them. But what is this mystery plan of Christ? Mystery plan of Christ. Uh, it's not a riddle. It's not a, a puzzle. 
The Greek word for mystery is mysterion. It's a military term. It means to catch by surprise. They don't even see him. They don't even see it coming. And now they are caught unawares. Nobody saw it coming. But God came to earth through human birth. Jesus is God's son, equal to God in every way. Everything you can say about God the Father is true of God the Son. And yet Jesus was willing to come to earth through human birth. We celebrate that at Christmas. He was a baby, God dressed in flesh. And then he willingly lived life like we live life. You think about the most severe difficulties you've ever gone through them, gone through and Jesus has gone through. You think about your heartaches and his heart was broken. You think about the stress you suffer and he suffered stress. It's just that in the midst of the heartache, in the midst of the stress, in the face of the difficulty, Jesus never sinned. We have failed miserably. We have thought sin and said sin and done sin. And for Jesus, it was all out war, man. He had to battle tenaciously through every temptation, but he knew no sin. He overcame every temptation. He did no sin. Why? Because he had you in mind. He knew that you and I, we would have ugly, evil imperfections about our lives. I mean, some people kind of blow off their sin by saying, hey, nobody's perfect. Well, that's true, but let's get real. My, I have ugly, evil imperfections in my life. You do as well. Jesus died to take all of that from us and to impute us with the glory and beauty of his perfection. The reason he lived a sinless life was so, for you so he could perfect you by his love. He took that sinless life and willingly laid it down in sacrifice on a blood-stained cross. Nobody saw this coming. God dying for the sake of humanity? His face beaten beyond recognition. His beard pulled out by the roots. His, his head bludgeoned again and again and again with a club. He extended his arms and they drove nails through his wrists and through his ankles. Who would have ever thought? I mean, we would anticipate that God would write us off. We would anticipate that God would say, forget you guys. But no one anticipated that God would die. And then Jesus risen from the dead, that on the cross by his shed blood, our sins are all forgiven, the slate wiped clean, that when you believe that Jesus died for your sins and God raised him from the dead, that you're in a saved relationship with Jesus, but nobody saw the resurrection coming. No one anticipated it. No one, not one single person. That's the mystery of Christ. And it wasn't just for me. And it wasn't just for you. It was for the 48,000 people around us who would say yes if we would just invite them. Let me tell you how it has worked in my life. Um, there was a time... My, Deb and I had a, another couple that were dear friends of ours uh, here in Beloit. We partied with them and did meals together with them. And um, one Christmas, our church gave everybody, made available to everyone, a beautiful Christmas ornaments. And we said to our people, hey, you can't have one for you. If you want one for you, you've got to take two and give the other to one of your friends or neighbors or coworkers. And so Deb and I took two. And um, I'll never forget going over, walking up the sidewalk to the house of uh, our friends. And I knocked on the door and 
the young wife came to the door. I'm not going to say their names because maybe you know them, but she came to the door and, um, you know, how you doing? What are you up to? Well, I, I wanted to give you this um, from Deb and I for your Christmas tree. Merry, Merry Christmas. Ah, thanks, man. That's so nice. You shouldn't have done this. People say you shouldn't have done this when they didn't get you nothing. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I said, well, here's the other deal. I know it wasn't very smooth and it was, I was, I don't know, just nervous. I just said, and Deb and I would like to invite you to go to our Christmas Eve service at church with us. Oh, that'd be great. We'd like to do that. <laughs> really? So anyway, I'm walking away and I think, oh my gosh, they don't, they probably think you got to dress up to come to our church. I knew my friend, the guy, he didn't have a suit to his name. So I turned around, went to the door again. Oh, just wait, I got to tell you, we are a come as you are church. I'll be wearing jeans. Deb will be wearing jeans. Just come as you are. Everything will be cool. So when they came that night on Christmas Eve, I didn't go around and try to greet and shake hands and pray with people. I, my Debbie and I, we sat with them. Now this, it wasn't a Christmas Eve service like we do down this room where the place is packed with candlelight and everything. We were over in the chapel. It was a musical. And the musical was the story of the three wise men who worshiped the Christ child. Okay, hold that in mind. But they said, yes, they came. Best Christmas Eve for me at church ever. Now I can tell you, for you, here, here are the numbers. Here's how it works for you. If you have 10 people in your life who are far from Jesus and you invite them, eight will say yes. Two are going to say no. Maybe one of the eight will say no at first, then at Easter say yes. A no today doesn't mean that you won't get a yes tomorrow. But isn't that wild? If you invite 10, eight are going to say yes. We can make it hard to go to hell right here for our friends and our family by praying for them, by praying for opportunities to share Jesus with them, to invite them to join us here in worship. And finally, we can make it hard to go to hell here for our friends and family by backing up what we say with our love. That, that, that if Jesus has fully and freely forgiven us all the hurtful things, all the hateful things, all the vile things, all the dark things we've done, then we must be compelled to forgive others all the hurtful, hateful, vile, and dark things they've done to us. If Jesus has shown us great compassion, we show great compassion. If Jesus has extended unbelievable, unconditional acceptance of us, I mean, we know us, then we extend unconditional acceptance to others. If Jesus has refused to condemn us, then we refuse to condemn others. Um, here's how Paul writes to the church in Colossae. He says, make the most of your chances to tell others the good news. Be wise in, in all your contact with them. Then he continues to write, use your heads. This is the message version of the Bible. Use your heads as you, as you live and work with unbelievers. Make the most of every opportunity. Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation. I mean, when you're talking, it's not about you, it's about them. It's about bringing out the best in them with your encouragement. 
with, with your sincere compliments. Bring up the best in others in the conversation. Not put them down or cut them off or cut them out. And so we pray for opportunities and then we seize those opportunities and we, we are wise about it. Well, what is that wisdom? I've been praying about that this week. What does that wisdom look like between me and my friends, my neighbors who are far from Jesus? Well, here's the Living Bible's version on it. The Living Bible says, let your conversations be gracious as well as sensible, for then you will have the right answer. The right answer is Jesus. Jesus is not just the right answer. He's the only answer. Then you will have the right answer, Jesus, for everyone. You see, you don't have to know the Bible inside and out. You don't have to be able to debate evolution and creationism. What you've got is your story. No one can debate your story. Your story is your story about you and Jesus. You've got Jesus to share. And that's when people ask me questions that are really hard, I just say, I don't know. But I know Jesus, and here's what he's done for me. Here's what he's done for my marriage. Here's what he's done in, for my children. Here's what he's done in our adoptions. Here's what he's done for our grandkids. Here's what he's done for our church. He has saved me from my sin. He has rescued me from the pit. He has saved my marriage. He has saved my family. He has saved my ministry. My Jesus is a Savior. And what he's done for me, he longs to do for you. And just as we, I, I, I want to tell you something. We, we want to help you pray for your friends and your family. When you walked in, you received one of these daily gospel cards, and there's a place for you to write down the names of your friends, families, neighbors, coworkers, who are students, fellow students that are far from Jesus. And so if you would just write their names down right now. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to bring this to the front. But I just want to tell you before you do, um, I, I want, our staff wants to pray with you for the people you love. So you bring this card to the front when I ask for it, and we will join you in prayer for the people you love who are far from Jesus. Also, we are going to have a 24-hour prayer vigil here at our church, the Tuesday from 6 p.m. before Easter to Wednesday at 6 p.m. before Easter. And, and then we're going to kick into what we call first Wednesday with worship, both events, 24 hours of prayer and the, and the first Wednesday extended worship is all going to, these, all these cards with all these names will be in our prayer room and we will call down God's saving goodness on every name. We'll just cover all these people for 24 hours. The people that come to pray half an hour at a time, They'll pray over all these names. We want to pray with you. So just know that's coming up when you give this card to me or one of the staff that are down front or one of our church leaders. But we want to help you also know Jesus as the answer for everyone. And so this Thursday, we are launching a new podcast here at church. We will be reading through all four accounts of the life, ministry, miracles, teachings of Jesus, those four accounts are called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When you tune into the podcast, this first, first one is Wednesday. It'll take about maybe 15, at the most, 20 minutes as you listen. We will start, uh, our Joshua that led worship today, he'll start the reading Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. He'll read three, ch three chapters, and then he'll pray with you. 
In fact, I know sometimes we listen to podcasts. I listen to mine at home. I always want to be close to my walker. That's a joke. Um, <laughs> no, some people listen to podcasts while they drive. Some listen while they um, exercise. Some listen while they go on walks. But I'd encourage you to think about listening to this podcast at home where you can open your Bible. And as this week, as Joshua reads out of Matthew chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, reads through the first three chapters, you can just follow along in your Bible. Then Joshua, pray with you. We, we want you to do this every day for 30 days. Every day for 30 days, devote 30, uh, 15 or 20 minutes to hearing the word of God because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Now, I know this wasn't on your radar. This is the mystery of David. You didn't get up this morning thinking that you were gonna say, yes, I will spend 30 days from this Thursday, March 9th, all the way to Easter, listening to the gospel of Jesus Christ through Matthew, through Mark, through Luke, through John. These are all the people from Saturday night and nine o'clock service. And I had people saying, I'm gonna pray over this. I'm gonna bring my list next week. We'll do this again next week. But all these guys came in the previous services. I'm gonna ask you, I see no reason why this room just cannot empty out. Every seat empty as people stream forward, giving us the cards, the names of their friends and family. You know, my friends, Deb and I, the ones that came to that Christmas Eve service, shortly after Christmas, the wife, her grandmother died. She lived up north. And so our friends went up north for the, the visitation and the funeral and a family meal and the whole deal. And um, a few days later, they came back and they came over to our house. And um, as we were talking to them, they just said, you know what, uh, Deb and Dave, we, we don't know how we'll ever be able to thank you for inviting us to your church for Christmas Eve. Because the funeral for my grandma, uh, the priest, he used the story of the three wise men. That was the only story in the Bible we knew because we came to your church. You see, the word of God is a power to you, but it's a power to your friends and family. And so please let us pray with you. You pray, devoted, every day, alert mind, thankful heart. Let us pray with you. But let's all, me, you, Debbie, everybody here, let's all listen and read the word of God. Just three, 10 or, excuse me, 15 or 20 minutes a day on our podcast. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me right now. I'm gonna pray over you because you didn't know you were gonna do this when you got out of bed today. I'm gonna ask the spirit of God to move you I'm going to have a whole bunch of people down here. We're even going to give you a sticker to put on your phone, your water bottle, your laptop to remind you every day, stick it on your fridge, put it on your chocolate bars, someplace you visit regularly so that you remember every day to turn into the podcast. If you don't know a podcast from a flycast, I'm gonna give you this brochure. It'll tell you exactly what to do. And on the inside, it has more lines where you can put the same names you gave us. You can write there so you pray for them every day. I know you want these stickers. So I'm gonna pray over you right now if you join me in prayer. 
Our Father and our God, you are faithful. You've been faithful to us. You've been nothing but good to us every day of our lives. And the day we named Jesus as our Savior, the day we were baptized, the day we surrendered to the Lord from that day forward, all sins are forgiven. You've given us the hope of heaven and right now the super abundant life of Jesus. We want that for our friends. We want that for our family. We want our neighbors to know the Jesus that we love and serve. We want them to surrender as we have surrendered to Jesus as our Lord. We don't want anybody. We know going to hell. We want everybody going to heaven in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, move across this room right now and convict everybody to bring their card, their list of friends, and receive a sticker and the directions on how to tune into the podcast. And they make the commitment right now for 30 days. I'm in the word of God listening. For faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wire podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and have a great week.